Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. When the children of Israel asked God for a king, he responded by giving them Saul, a tall, handsome, capable man who also was victorious over Israel's enemies. God's intention was that Saul would use the kingship to build up God's kingdom. But it soon became clear that Saul's intent was different. Yes, he desired to build a kingdom, but not God's kingdom. What Saul sought was to build a kingdom for himself under the guise of God's kingdom. Of course, the Lord knew Saul's heart, and he moved secretly and quietly behind the scenes to prepare a king for Israel that was of his choice and who would build up God's kingdom and even pave the way for Christ, the king, to eventually be brought forth. Who was this one chosen by God? Well, let's turn to the book of Ruth, chapter 4. And Salmon begot Boaz, and Boaz begot Obed, and Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David. The preparation of King David, that's where we've come to on today's life study from First Samuel, and Bob Danker has joined us for this fellowship. Glad you're here today, Bob. It's good to be with you again, Chris. This is a very enlightening program we will have today, showing that God is sovereign in the midst of a situation where Uh, Saul was abusing his God-given kingship. Mm -hmm. God was working behind the scenes in a hidden way to prepare David to be a king according to God's heart. People would say, well, that sounds like a contradiction. Didn't God choose Saul? But as we touched some programs back, we saw that Saul was really Israel's choice, never really fully God's choice. And he permitted, it was his permissive will to allow Saul, but his perfect will, his perfect choice was always really this young boy, David, who would become uh, such a mighty king over Israel, but was characterized by this unique quality. He had a heart that was according to God's heart. That's right. But at that time, uh, as we will see, David was not yet prepared to be the king. So there was a time of preparation to raise up this young uh, man of God's choice, David. The matter of God's sovereignty is very important in our uh, program today, isn't it, Bob? It certainly is, Chris. This is a crucial aspect of God's move to carry out his eternal purpose, the fact that God Mm -hmm. is absolutely sovereign and nothing can stop him from accomplishing his desire. Okay, let's recap very quickly uh, where we've come to in this uh, history because it's important as a backdrop. Uh, Saul is raised up. There are these enemies prevailing against Israel, and immediately Saul is able to turn the tide of battle at least, and he defeats the Ammonites, and he defeats the Philistines, and defeats the uh, Amalekites. And it looks as if uh, he's really the right one at the right time to uh, restore Israel to its 
position, and he has the people's heart. But along the way, many events unfolded that gradually became a window into Saul's self-seeking and what he was really after. And we come to now in chapter 16, verse 1, a very clear word. And Jehovah said to Samuel, who was by now, of course, the priest and the prophet, How long will you mourn for Saul, though I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have selected for myself a king among his sons. Um, Bob, Jesse had a number of sons, didn't he? That's right. He had eight sons, in fact. And the least likely among them, it seemed outwardly, to qualify for the one that God had uh, selected to be king was the youngest, David. Say a little bit about David at this time. Well, at this time, Chris, David was a youth in his teens. So, of course, when Samuel went to Jesse and asked to see his sons, Mm -hmm. Jesse would not bring out this young one who was tending the sheep and who was obviously too young humanly to be chosen to be the king uh, over God's people. But God knew the one whom he wanted, and David was that one. Even though David was a youth, However, David needed some years of preparation before he actually became the king of Israel. And this answers the question, then, why did uh, God allow Saul, and even after Saul's real heart had been exposed, why did he tolerate him for many, many years to come? It was for this point that he needed that time to prepare and perfect uh, the heart and uh, the whole being of David to be the king over Israel. Okay, let's join Witness Lee, and then we'll come back and fellowship on this uh, sovereignty of God. Samuel surely was a good writer. After he finished the writing of chapter 15, in that kind of a miserable situation, in chapter 16, everything is marvelous. The sky is no more dark. It is altogether a clear sky. God commanded Samuel to go to another person. Well, Saul was usurping the divine kingship and damaging it. God, he himself, secretly, summarily did some preparation. Saul reigned as a king for 40 years, but God abandoned him. God sent Samuel to contact a young kid, 15 years of age. This proves that while Saul was abusing God's kingship, God knew the situation. God secretly went to the uh, grandson of Boaz. Don't forget, from where David comes, Boaz beget Obed. Then Obed beget whom? Jesse. Then Jesse beget whom? David. Could you see this? Openly, publicly, there was a Saul usurping God's everything. God gave him the kingdom, God gave him the people, God gave him the kingship. For what purpose? For the purpose to build up God's own kingdom. So should not be king 
for himself. He should be king over the people for God. He should be God's acting king. So he was openly abusing. God was secretly preparing. God let him abuse to a certain degree and to a certain time God has his preparation complete. Bob, there are two things going on here. One very positive, one very negative. I think maybe we could try to touch uh, both sides a little bit. On the positive, of course, uh, this preparation work behind the scenes under his sovereignty. We'll be able to talk about that more as the program goes on. But negatively, I think we should come for a moment at least to this matter of Saul usurping the very things that God had given him. No question that God was with him in a, in a very real way at one point even. It says that the Spirit rushed upon him, and that enabled him to be victorious in battle. So what happened to Saul, Bob? Well, eventually, Saul, as we have heard, usurped the very things that God gave him. God's intention was that Saul would rule over Israel as the people of God. Israel was not Saul's people. They were God's people. And Saul's ruling over Israel was intended by God to be the kingdom of God on the earth. God's intention and desire was to have a kingdom in which he could carry out his purpose. And he made Saul the first king in that kingdom. But Saul attempted to make God's kingdom his own kingdom, his own monarchy, and also to perpetuate that kingdom by giving the throne to his son Jonathan after Saul would pass away, would die. This was Saul's intention to use what God had given to him for his own selfish end. And this is why God rejected him, because Saul was not one with God, did not have a heart for God or for what God wanted. Instead, he had a heart only for his own interests. This can be a... uh very sober and real warning for us today, uh, especially those who were committed their lives to serve the Lord full time and have a ministry. The Lord has given uh, many people, many vessels, significant gifts, yet it's possible even for us to abuse those and use them for our self-seeking, isn't it? Absolutely, Chris. This is the danger that is really brought to light in this case of Saul, that we are God's people. We are God's chosen ones. We have been anointed by the Lord. We have a portion, a part in the carrying out of God's economy, and God has given us certain gifts and abilities and even the position to do something in his economy. Now the question is, will we carry out God's purpose according to God's heart, or will we abuse what God has given to us for our own purposes? Well, as I mentioned a moment ago, early on, the Spirit of God rushes upon Saul Now, later in chapter 16, we find out that the Lord reverses that. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him, this would be David now, in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of Jehovah rushed upon David from that day forward. Then Samuel rose up and went to Ramah, and the spirit of Jehovah departed from Saul. So here it is, rushing on David now, but departing from Saul And an evil spirit from Jehovah terrorized him. 
It's quite something, the story of Saul. I wish we had time to read these whole chapters. Uh, They're so full of not just intrigue. It's not just an interesting story. It's an insightful story uh, and how dangerous it is to become one who God has rejected, even one that God had used previously but had rejected because uh, the heart was so evil and corrupt. It's quite sober, isn't it? It certainly is, Chris. Okay, let's go back to Witness Sleep, Bob. God is sovereign. A man there abusing, abusing, abusing in every way all the gifts God giving him. He devastated the kingdom of God. Yet God was quiet. God was silent. And God was very sovereign to prepare a young kid. David was the real choice prepared by God to be a man according to the heart of God. He could not be such a man, but he was prepared by God. He was chosen, trained, anointed, tested, and approved. When Samuel came to anoint David, the father wouldn't care for David. The brothers wouldn't care for David. But God has determined to use the one whom he has chosen and prepared. Among thousands of children of Israel, one was uniquely God's choice. That's David. Then he was trained by God in humility. Why God didn't bring him forth as the number one son, big brother? No. God did it purposely to make him the lost, to make him humble. Number two, he was assigned to take care of the sheep. And no one of the seven brothers would do that. But he was the choice for God. And now, following Samuel's anointing, God confirmed that by sending his spirit to rush upon David. Meantime, God sent also an evil spirit to terrorize Saul. So from that day, Saul couldn't have any peace. He became so jealous. He was very troubled about his successor of his throne. Then David was recommended to be the helper. What is it? This is all under God's sovereignty. God put these two together. (laughs) They became very, very intimate. Uh, The more intimacy was built up, the more hatred goes up on Saul's part. This becomes a test to David for at least 15 years. Bob, let's talk for a couple of minutes here about this preparation work under God's sovereignty. A lot of these uh, factors, a lot of these stories that we recall about David from Sunday school and uh, lore and and books and things, actually there was a lot behind these uh, stories because this was the real preparation, wasn't it? Exactly, Chris. It's truly amazing to see God's sovereign activity here in preparing a man like David. First, God exercised his sovereignty is absolute 
right to do whatever he wants to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> he did this by choosing David. So first he chose David. Then he made David not the first son of Jesse, but the eighth son of Jesse, yeah. the youngest one, to humble him, to put him in a lower place. And then not only that, he caused David to be sent out to take care of the family's sheep, not to do some noble career. <laughs> and that was also part of David's preparation. Then, after David was anointed by Samuel and the Spirit rushed upon him, God arranged again sovereignly that David would become a close associate of Saul. Yeah, This was God's arrangement. It was not man's maneuvering that mm-hmm. did this. God did this for a purpose, to train David, to prepare David, to even to test David. And all the time that David and Saul were together, David was a test to Saul to expose more and more how evil his heart was. And Saul became a test to David so that David would eventually emerge as the approved one, not only the chosen one, not only the anointed one, but the fully approved one who was ready to assume the kingship. We'll have a lot more time to talk about some of these events in the preparation of David, but just thinking about this uh, dynamic between he and and Saul, it must have been awfully difficult for David. He's just a young man, just in his teens. And here's the king who by now has this evil spirit troubling him on the one hand, and it becomes clear to him that David is going to be his successor. And so he's filled with jealousy and rage. But at the same time, there's a kind of an intimacy and a bonding that takes place between these two. And so David's life goes from one of being threatened, probably fearing for his life, to, on the other hand, he has opportunities where he could usurp Saul's kingship right there and end a lot of his anguish and uh, anxiety. But it's all part of his preparation, and that's the key, isn't it? Yeah, that's the absolutely the key, Chris. Well, let's go to chapter 17, and quickly I want to look at a story that everyone associates with David, but to see it now in this light as part of and incorporated into God's preparation of him, uh, I think it takes on a much different kind of impact. In chapter 17, the children of Israel now are being taunted and threatened by this giant Philistine, and I think everyone knows where the story goes from here. Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war since his youth. And David said to Saul, your servant has been tending his father's sheep, and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I would go after it and strike it and deliver the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose up against me, I would seize it by its beard and strike it and kill it. Both the lion and the bear did your servant strike. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, for he has defied the ranks of the living God. Jehovah, who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and may Jehovah be with you. So here we see those days tending the flock were not just wasted years, as you said, were they, Bob? That's right. They were years of preparation and training. All right, let's go back to Witness Lee. Young people, if you feel so good, you will be today's David. Hardly do it for this. But you have to be clear. You will be put on the cross to be tested. This was David's experience. From the day when he was recommended to Saul, that recommendation put him on the cross. 
No other way. So realize they will, will be the one who will get his kingdom, his throne. So every time when he saw this one, he was unhappy. He was attached to David. And David was also attached to Saul. Just by this one thing, two of them all been tested out. Saul was tested out to be a person which is opposite to God's will, thousand person. And David was set out to be a person so right. A man according to God's heart. Could you see God's sovereignty? So to fight against Goliath. David had assurance that Jehovah would deliver him from the hand of Goliath based upon the experience of shepherding of his father's sheep. Eventually, this shepherding was a very good job to train him how to trust in the Lord. From that day onward, the confidence of the people was given altogether to David. No more to Saul. What I mean is, we all have to think about every bit of our environment because we are pursuing Christ today. Every bit of our environment will be absolutely sovereignly under God's hand. We have to be in peace. And we should have this confidence, trusting in Jesus. Bob, I don't know how many of our listeners caught it, but he began that section with a kind of an appeal to the young people that were in the audience there. I have some feeling about that, that that may be a point up for us to look at here. In one sense, uh, we all desire to be like David, but there's a very, very good lesson here, isn't there, for all of the young people regarding how important their choices and even their schooling and careers are and what God may really want to do with them. That's right, Chris. God puts us in a certain environment, a certain situation, to find out what's in our heart, as he did with David, to train us and to test us. And Brother Lee said here that if we would be today's Davids, we have to be prepared to be put on the cross. So actually, David was there with Saul, threatened by Saul all the time. Saul sought to kill him eventually. Right. But David never rose up against Saul. What does this mean? This means that David always put himself under death, the death of the cross. Mm -hmm. He never did anything out of himself to overthrow Saul in his kingship. David had been anointed by God. In a sense, he could have overthrown Saul, and he could have defended himself against Saul, but he never did. He put himself on the cross. This is a tremendous picture for us today that if we would be today's Davids, we have to pass through the test of the cross to get our self and all our selfish desires and interests crossed out. Then we will be approved by God for his use and his purpose. There's another valuable lesson here, and that is that God, uh, in his sovereignty, now particularly we see that it was his time actually as a young shepherd boy that prepared him to do this great mighty thing to fight off Goliath the uh, Philistine giant so in God's hand if we're fully given to him and once our heart has been cleared of these uh, 
personal, ambitious, self-seeking elements, any circumstance we may find ourselves, it could ultimately be the very thing that prepares us for what the Lord would do later on. This is amazing. but It is absolutely true. Uh, Whatever we have passed through in our life has been under God's sovereign hand, and it has been a part of the preparation for us to be useful to the Lord. Well, we've got some uh, very inspiring and insightful messages coming up as we get further into uh, looking at David. I hope you're able to join us for a number of those, Bob. I look forward to that, Chris. Our time is up. We would like to, of course, remind you about the printed Life Study volume that we have for the Life Study of First and Second Samuel. One volume contains both of these Life Studies. And if you contact us at our toll-free number, we can uh, make sure that that gets off to you right away. If you'd like to call us toll-free, that number is one eight 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 life study 888-543-3788. For Bob Danker, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. Dear Lord, we give ourselves to Thee. Receive us into Thy hands. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. If you'd like to read the works of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, just visit our website, ministrybooks.org. From there, you'll find over 600 complete titles available to read online free of charge. Witness Lee's ministry stood squarely on the shoulders of his mentor and co-worker, Watchman Nee, as well as those of countless ministers of the New Testament throughout the ages. The riches contained in his life study of the Bible represent the top, the cream of his 70-plus years of ministry and range in topic from lessons for new believers to commentary and exposition on passages from every book of the Bible. But they all contain practical and deeper truths about the Christian life. Again, this wonderful online resource is available to you free of charge at ministrybooks.org. If you have questions or comments about this ministry, or the program you heard today, email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening today.